Welcome back. Today is Wednesday, the day of the week where Jesus on the Mount of Olives is teaching his disciples about the destruction of the temple to come, which is also his way of describing his return. So the disciples are probably pretty confused about what Jesus is saying. And this is the Wednesday before the cross of Friday. So I'm going to read a little bit from Matthew 24 so that we can get an idea of just what Jesus was saying to these disciples about the destruction of the temple to come and how it correlated to his second coming. This is Matthew 24, the NIV version. It says, Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things? He asked. Truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will, this be, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So when you see standing in the holy place, quote, the abomination that causes desolation, end quote, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be the great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. Some strong language from Jesus 
to his curious disciples as he is describing all of the events in sequence that will be taking place before he returns permanently. And although this podcast isn't about eschatology, which is the study of end times, it is about the Wednesday, where Jesus is speaking to his disciples in what is traditionally known, the Olivet Discourse, this conversation between Jesus and the disciples on the Mount of Olives, wetting their curiosity as they're inquiring about, okay, you say you're leaving, when are you coming back? You talk about things being destroyed, when will they be resurrected and repaired? And Jesus is warning them, the enemy is going to try to imitate my return. The enemy is going to cause conflict and destruction, and the enemy is going to cause confusion and chaos, and all of those things, earthquakes, that nations and will rise against nations, which is uh, timely given the conflict between Ukraine and Russia. But take heart, listener, conflicts and natural disasters have been occurring for generations. They are the beginning of birth pains. Jesus has made us a promise that he will return and that things will get worse before they get better. But for the sake of his people, those who have responded to the gospel in agreement, saying, yes, I accept God's free offer of salvation in Jesus, that his elected people, those who have opted to say yes to his free offer of relationship and salvation, that these will be preserved, these people will be preserved through all of this turmoil and chaos. And so on this Wednesday, as you look forward to Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Silent Saturday, and Resurrection Sunday, know that there is a lot going on in the world that causes angst, there's a lot of conflict, there's a lot of natural disasters, and there will be many that correlate those natural disasters and those conflicts as the end is just around the corner. The Bible actually says that it's the beginning of birth pains, that it's just the beginning. So you can take heart in knowing that the God that you worship and the God that you serve intends to fulfill his plans and return But until he does, God is calling on his people to preserve themselves in godliness, to fulfill Christ's mission. The destruction of his temple is later correlated to the destruction of his body and that Christ's body will be destroyed. But then three days later, is resurrected. So any resurrection is preceded by destruction. As you look forward to Resurrection Sunday, the Sunday that 
billions of Christians across the globe celebrate in the risen Savior. My question for you is, what have you put your hope in? Have you put your hope in the promises made by world leaders or politicians or pop culture or influential figures across the globe? Have you put your hope in predictions that always fall flat and fall short? I would implore you to not go down the YouTube rabbit trail because ultimately your itching ears will find what scratches them. And so my encouragement to you, listener, my brother, my sister in the Lord, what are you putting your hope in this week? Are you putting your hope in a Savior who has promised to return, a resurrected Savior who has promised to return? Is your hope proportional to the conflict and turmoil the world is currently experiencing? Or have you put your hope in the promises of the King who has saved your soul?